listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. All right, thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's 422, and it's time for the June edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall. I host this on the final Wednesday of each month, where I'm joined by a Kamloops City Councilor to take your questions and hopefully provide some answers. So whenever you have a question about here today, feel free to give me a call or a text now at 250-374-5345. Again, that's 250-374-5345. And again, Radio NL's Community Town Hall is brought to you by The Vic Downtown. Roasted here, always fresh. And without further ado, let's welcome today's guest as Kamloops Councillor and Deputy Mayor for the month of June, Bill Sarai. Bill, how are you here today? I'm um, um, well, uh, Jeff. Uh, with heavy hearts, I'm joining you today, and and hopefully we can get to the show and and uh, and uh, great memories for uh, Donnie Moore today. It was just uh, the shocking news. Yeah, it is shocking. We're all still trying to rest to. to you know, digest what really happened here. So I appreciate those kind words off the top. Um, th- one of the things I did want to get to here with you, Bill, while I have you on the line was just what's going on on the North Shore. I know there's been a, a lot of talk recently about concerns uh, from the business community about crime that's taking place. And, um, you know, we, we don't have to look very far to remember just the third incident in a matter of months at the Jamaican Kitchen, which I know you're all too familiar with. Uh, just how concerned are you right now about what's happening along the North Shore and in that business corridor? I'm quite concerned because this is just another um, uh, highlight of what's happening throughout our city. Um, it's just getting magnified more because uh, there's no social housing um, assistance on the North Shore. Um, before there's too many, now there's none. Um, the Valley View Corridor it has its own struggles and, and issues. Uh, the, the Columbia Street uh, uh, business corridor, the hotel corridor has its own issues and hotspots. So this is uh, just magnified on the North Shore. There's a number of people gathering, but no services for them. Um, and I go back to when I first got elected, a platform I had. We don't have the wraparound services that these individuals desperately need. Our community needs it. Nobody is saying or blaming them. But when they don't get the service they need and they start stealing and, and causing havoc on residents and businesses because of other agencies or levels of governments not stepping up, then that becomes very frustrating for City Council and our staff. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to start there is there's a number of questions that I got through my question submission box at the submission box, excuse me, at the Vic downtown, and one of them was talking about just the need to potentially legalize drugs. I don't think that's where city council stands, but I know Mayor Ken Christian has signed on a number of times to see the decriminalization of small subs, small amounts of illicit drugs. Vancouver is continuing to push for that. Uh, do you think that that might have a potential impact if we were to see a step like that being taken? I mean, RCMP have said many a time they already kind of treat drug use in that way, or drug possession in that way, you should say. But does that, you know, factor into you at all as you have these conversations around the Kamloops City Council table? Well, I, I think that's just one piece of, this, of the, of the uh, uh, issues. We still need to help the individuals get off the drugs, legalizing it just like marijuana. Yes, we have government-regulated stores. Um, you're still going to get individuals going to um, uh, find drugs on the street. It's a hardened uh, users that are looking for that uh, it's unfortunate and very sad for me to say they're actually looking for the drug that has a potential of, of uh, overdosing. Be- uh, they've gotten so hardened that that's what they're looking for, is that grasping of, of flatlining and coming back. And, and that's just the saddest part. And we've got to get to these people before they get to that spot. 
legalizing i'm not the expert um you know whether you know we have safe drug uh, uh available uh, injection sites everything the experts have told us so far is not working um in my opinion yes we are hoping the safe injection site from what the studies and what the experts tell us it's more geared for the the person that's casually using at home uh recreationally um, come get your drugs tested before you use it because right don't know who you get up it, it that's what that's geared for it's not geared for the street folk yeah uh for sure and if anyone has a question or a follow-up here 250-374-5345 is the number to call uh and i mean this is all about a lot more than homelessness um you know i think that's one thing a lot of people look at these issues and talk about drug use and petty crime that we're seeing on the streets and just targeting it at the homeless but there's so much more to this issue in terms of mental health and, and you talked about it off the top the wraparound services that are required and when you and i were texting about what happened at jamaican kitchen specifically last week you mentioned that uh, you were hoping to see more boots on the ground some more rcmp uh, presence in that area to try to prevent some of this stuff from happening but that's that's not a solution right that would just be a, a way to hopefully stop things in the immediate but that's not a long-term fix no, not at all. But uh, I, I look at it also. I, I, I grew up in Vancouver, and, and and I remember back in the day. And it can still be done. We we have a community policing uh, model model that we use here. And so uh, you know, for for our neighbors and our community, when there's incidents, the police are or should be there. So there, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with const, uh, members of our CMP detachment making relationships with our business community getting to know the people that run the stores or the restaurants or what have you and 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 walk up and down those corridors to show those business communities that they, someone has their back someone with authority has their back and, and they can count on them and and they know they're going to be there uh, on a regular basis so incidents like this will deter the element and, and like you said the home homeless population isn't to blame here and, and nor am i blaming them there's some people that just they've had some bad luck in their lives and unfortunate things and and there's a lot of people in our community that are one paycheck or one um uh eviction from a house away from being homeless so those are people that are um waking up one day and say you know i'm going to start using and 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 terrorizing the neighborhood it's the people that are t uh, uh taking advantage of and and know there's um no consequences to my actions that are doing these petty crimes but these petty crimes are adding up to the business owner. Uh, $900 here for a window, $1,000 there, uh, $3,000 for the noble pig for windows when they just came back from reopening from a uh, COVID shutdown. We, the business community doesn't budget for that at the beginning of the year, and nor should they have to. And so that's where, where I get really uh, frustrated and upset, and I stand with the business community, as well the residents that buy a $500 bike for their teenage kid 12 years old their first 500 bike dollar bike single mom works two jobs that gets stolen but we don't we don't consider anything under 500 dollars a crime no more when does society decide that mm -hmm. well bill there's a lot to go over here and uh, i do have to take a break here for the news we will get to some other stuff because i have a lot of questions related to things outside of of the homeless population or the mental health issues and addiction issues that we're seeing uh, so we'll get to some other topics here in just a bit so if i get you to hang out on the line i uh, really appreciate you joining me here though and we'll be right back okay 
No worries. Thank you. All right. There is Kamloops City Councilor Bill Sarai. If you have a question for him, talk, call me or text me now. 250-374-5345. Again, that's 250-374-5345. You're listening to Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic, Vic Downtown. Find them at the corner of 4th and Victoria. Your 430 News coming up in 60 seconds. listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Thanks for tuning in here to NL Newsday, and this is the June edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall. Uh, just before we get to that, just a reminder again, today is a day to listen, and some of today's interviews were condensed for radio, so to listen to the full stories, you can do so at downywenjack.ca. Again, it is the June edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall, which is brought to you by the Vic Downtown. Cozy up with another cup. And I'm joined on the line by Kamloops Councillor Bill Sarai. Bill, you still with me? I still am, and I'm, I think I'm going to go to the Vic for a nice ice cap or something. Oh, man, you don't want a hot beverage right now. That's for gosh oh, darn not sure. at all. If you want to have a question asked to uh, Councillor Bill Sarai, you can cal- call me now, 250-374-5345. All right, uh, a lot of questions coming about the potential for, and no surprise since a lot of these questions did come right out of the Vic as I uh, have a little question box set up there, Bill, but a lot of people really wanting to see more pedestrian access, I suppose, downtown, some street closures, adding like a, a street market and concerns about the noise that come with sitting out on a patio on downtown Victoria Street. I think most people are looking to Victoria and wanting to see that kind of close down for a longer period of time like it is during the farmer's market. Just are there really serious conversations about doing more to make downtown a little bit more pedestrian friendly and maybe closing off some streets? Actually, there are uh, through the BIA down there, Carl and the city, um, we have agreed to rotating uh, uh, closures of roadblocks, but we're going to be starting, I believe, on first, second, third, and fourth. I'm not sure how Carl has initiated which ones are closed, but um, rotating uh, r- uh, road closures, working our way up from City Hall, so that every um, intersection or the businesses is either positively impacted or, or it's sharing with a negative impact as well. And then we can take the good and the bad and where it worked and where it didn't, instead of just putting it in one place and saying this is where it's got to be. Fourth Avenue was the plaza that was identified. Um, I think through uh, committees and the BIA and the city said, well, why don't we try it? Other businesses wanted to have the same exposure as well. So we're going to do the rotating road closures, working up our first to probably sixth or seventh, and then decide where it worked the best and where it didn't. All right. I look forward to seeing uh, how that all kind of shapes up. Carl, I know you're listening. If you want to clarify anything, call us, 250-374-5345. Question about washroom space, and this has been a little bit of a topic of conversation in recent months with, uh, you know, the conversation around Portland Lose that council was having not too long ago. One question is just asking, why is the downtown public washroom always seeming to be closed? And if someone is maybe responsible for, for getting it back up and running, is there a reason why, why things have been closed? Is it a COVID-19 thing? Are we going to be seeing more public washroom space? Uh, any thoughts on, on what's going on there? There's a variety of things. One was vandalism, and then the leaseholder, the person that owns the building, when, it, when the city went to uh, repair the bathroom, there was some technical difficulties and engineering difficulties that would delay it. And then when it got opened again, it got vandalized again as well. And then, uh, you know, no, no, not blaming Carl and the BIA. Um, uh, they decided that it wasn't in their best interest to be babysitting this bathroom that continually had uh, issues. Um, so they just, just told the city that, you know, we, we can't do this no more. 
So now the city's on on it, and and I know they put in, we put in like seventy two thousand dollars worth of repairs and and new uh, uh, toilets and sink, and hopefully it won't get vandalized as much. But as a city councilor and and, and people visiting downtown. Even our residents don't know there's a washroom there. They can walk right by and have no idea that there's a washroom. So I think signage is another one, and people uh, uh, using it and not not coming out. Um, and there's a, there's a variety of issues that we're struggling with, and even on the North Shore, uh, Portland Loo is, is is a lot of money, and it needs it needs engineering and sewer and sanitation and water pipes, and we just businesses are are not uh, coming on board to allow us to do that. Is there more talk going to be happening potentially around just the installation of, of just a simple porta potty downtown? I know council has had these conversations in the past. There doesn't seem to be an appetite for it, but I know a lot of business owners have been concerned with you know human feces being found in their back lanes and on their, their, their entrances to their businesses, and they have to clean them up themselves on a really, really, really regular basis. Uh, I know this is an issue. There's not just a, a quick fix solution here, but something does have to be done here, doesn't it, Bill? Totally agree, and, and we're looking into. We've told staff it's just not. It's 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 a human dignity. Um, it doesn't matter if you're homeless, you're a businessman, you're a visitor from out of town. We should have bathrooms available, and I can't blame the businesses for not allowing uh, non-customers using it. It's just the society and the times we're living in right now. And we, as as a, a city council and our staff, we are we are aware of it. There is no easy fix, and and. Even the the Johnny on the spots, you put them downtown, and overnight, you know what you just said. The businesses deal with now. Imagine if what they're going to deal with in the morning when one's tipped over in front of their business, and and it's just not one door; it's a whole door. Or it, you know, someone's got to come and clean it up and wash it, or to light it on fire. And and it's just there's a variety of negative social issues that are plaguing our city right now. Um, all right, Bill, one more here, and then we will take one more quick break. But just since today is a day to listen, and I think this is just a very appropriate question that uh, I wish I wrote down the names of the people who asked these questions because there's some really good ones here, but I just jotted them down for my own notes of well, what the questions actually were. But basically it's, you know, what is the city doing to help with the reconciliation process here? Is there anything that, that you know, around the council table that you think could be done or discussions that can be had to help with this process. I know indigenous communities and, and individuals need to lead this charge. We need to listen to them. And that's what today is all about. But yeah. just, you know, is there anything that that council can do further or, or is it about, you know, taking a step back and, and kind of waiting for uh, cues from those who are deeply impacted here? Um, I can probably say, and we don't, you know, uh, pound our chest about it. But I think listening to other communities, I'm on the SOGA board, and so there's 38 communities in the central interior um, that have First Nation neighbors, municipalities, uh, districts, uh, townships, villages that work hand-in-hand hand with it. I can proudly say listening to um, their stories and, and their relationships, we as uh, City of Kamloops and Tecumloops, we have one of the strongest, most open uh, relationships between the municipality and a local First Nations government, and we're building on it, and we hear that um, from Roseanne Casimir as well, and I work with their councillors on, on a number of, on a, on a couple of committees, and they say, you know, it's it just uh, very rewarding and open and, and touching that we can talk as, as neighbours, and we're, we're, in this, we're in the same community, we're just on the other, the different sides of the river, 
but everything that happens here happens to both of us. And so I could probably say that um, we are doing our part, and, and, and I think um, one of the uh, council members on TTS said that we could be a poster child for the rest of Canada, how you work together with two governments. All right, Bill. Well, I appreciate that response as well, and, and a very appropriate uh, thing to talk about here today for sure. So thank you so much for that. Uh, do want to have to take one more break here, so we'll be back in about two minutes. All right, Bill? Please stand by. Okay. All right, you're listening to Radio NL's Community Town Hall. It is the June edition. Councillor Bill Sarai is joining the program. If you have a question or a comment to make, you can call or text 250-374-5345. Again, one more time, 250-374-5345. Radio NL's Community Town Hall brought to you by the Vic Downtown. Find them at 4th and Victoria. This is NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Welcome back into this June edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall Meeting. I host these on the final Wednesday of each month, where I'm joined by a Kamloops City Councillor to take your questions and hopefully provide some answers. If you want to take part, you can do so by calling or texting right now, 250-374-5345. Again, that's 250-374-5345. And again, Radio NL's Community Town Hall, brought to you by the Vic Downtown, roasted here, always fresh. And I'm joined on the line by Kamloops Councillor and the Deputy Mayor for the month of June, Bill Sarai. Bill, hanging in there? I am, and I just got a text from Carl. I don't know if you got it. And there'll be rotating block closures starting next weekend in the 300 block of Victoria. Yes, I also got the same text. So there you go. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page on that one. Okay, Bill, I do have a texting question here. And I guess it's, it's less of a question and more of a comment. But it basically, someone is really concerned about the revitalization tax exemption that has been granted for a couple areas here in the city because it's a 10-year tax exemption. And we've now seen a couple of big developments come on board. we got the Hive. Uh, we got that new huge project from Kelson Group that uh, it's the City Gardens, I believe is what it's called. I mean, these are going to be huge, massive projects. And the city is missing out, if you will, on a lot of tax dollars as a result of this. Uh, do you have any concerns? I know the mayor has frequently told me he's not about really providing these kinds of incentives. He was one of a couple of councillors to vote against it. But why do you think it's important to have these kind of tax exemptions to help promote development in Kamloops? As a new councillor, that's a great question. Uh, and I, I see both sides of it. Uh, coming into it, I, I had a perfect example, and I sat down and I, I, I looked at the project, the numbers. So if you looked at the parking lot that where the hive is going right now, it basically gave us $10,000 in taxes a year as a parking lot. And now we're, we, we gave them a tax uh, exemption for 10 years to build something onto that uh, parking lot, which in time, as it comes up and it's going to cause, uh, create jobs, economic spinoffs. We haven't had any new commercial built buildings in downtown since 2010, I believe. So it's been quite a long time before anybody even showed any interest. And as a counselor, I thought this would be the right time and the right thing to do to start showing some new bills downtown. And in 10 years, the tax that that building will be generated back to the city will be way more than the $10,000 a year we were going to get on an empty parking lot. So I looked at it that way, and, I, and not only, we're getting a brand new building, we're going to get some commercial people working there, some companies that employ 20, 30 people, that will be going out downtown to go to lunch, to buy something, um, to, to go to Riverside Park, 
So we're generating not only economic spinoff now as a building is getting put up, but in the long term, we're putting more people downtown that weren't there before. So to me, as a counselor, it's a win-win. We're getting way more coming back to us, not only in tax dollars in the 10 years when it's finished, but in the, in the construction years and the people working and living there it is way more than what we could have had without the uh, tax exemption. Do you think it's making a significant difference in terms of attracting businesses that, or, or, or developers, excuse me, I should say, that might be looking to build in somewhere else, like a Kelowna or, uh, I don't know, somewhere else close by that has you know similar programs in place and is a very rapidly growing population? Do you think this is having you know an impact in, in attracting something that will be coming to Kamloops that maybe wouldn't have otherwise? Well, I'm, I'm looking at perfect uh, one example. You look at a, a big... Uh, corporations like Interior Health, they're always looking for space. The school board's looking for a place. Uh, accounting companies are looking for place, places to uh, uh, have uh, live and work downtown. We're a perfect place right now. Um, I know, you know it's not hard uh, to say the prices are right here. Uh, compared to Kelowna, we are. And our livability, everything that we're doing as, as a city council, our staff, the vision we have for downtown, it's all coming together, and, and uh, the Fawcett, the Kelton Group, they don't do anything without uh, a clear long-term vision to make it work and give back to the community. And if you look at their proposal for downtown, that isn't only because they have the vision. They believe in Kamloops, and that's why the, the uh, A&T and, and, and the Quinn Group are doing the project downtown, the Hive, there's more on the block. Um, uh, it, it, there's, we've heard uh, numerous uh, discussions about um, uh, West Victoria, Seymour Street, going right down to 10th Avenue, getting uh, uh, towers put up. So this isn't just on that one corner of, of 6th and, and 5th and, and Lansdowne. There's a lot more conversation going, which makes me confident that we did the right thing. All right, last question here because we are coming up on the clock. Almost time to get to that major news at 5. But I love this question, especially as we shift into step three of the restart plan as of tomorrow as we climb out of this pandemic. But the question is, COVID has shown us all that with relaxes in policies and bylaws, our public spaces can be even more active and useful for our community. What did you learn from the pandemic and what policies or practices do you think should stay post-pandemic? I know it's kind of a loaded question, but what do you think you've learned throughout this whole COVID-19 situation that we can use as we climb out of it? I think the best thing I've learned from it, and I mention it all the time, it made us all slow down, um, take our time uh, by force. We had to stand in lines six feet apart, whether we went shopping, the grocery store, the drugstore, to a restaurant. It gave us time to take a deep breath, turn around, say hello to someone behind you, start a conversation that's something we 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 hardly ever did before in the majority of people because we're always in such a hurry so uh, i i think out of all that negative this is one positive i took out of it and i think sure passive spaces downtown uh relaxing places to sit our uh patio extension the, the sidewalk extension that really proved to us that um it worked and it got people um just relax and enjoying and taking their time again and i hope we don't come out of this and it, like a shotgun start and, and blast our way out. I hope we learn something from it to take our time, talk to our neighbors, talk to the business community, talk to somebody across from you at the restaurant, start a conversation. It, it doesn't cost any money to smile and say hello. 
and, and it could make someone's day. So uh, that's what I hope we learn from it. We're all in this together. We all got to come out of it together. Um, no one's going to be uh, better than anybody else. So be patient. Everybody's learning how to uh, be post-pandemic and just just uh, be nice to your neighbors and the community and the restaurants you're going to. Don't don't jump the gun and do everything fast. Councillor Sarai, thank you so much for taking the time to join me here. Lots to go over there. Some great information. Thank you to everybody who asked questions as well. And uh, again, just appreciate your time. Stay cool if you can, and I look forward to hopefully doing one another another one of these with you in the in the future, Bill. Looking forward to it, Jeff, and you did a great job as well. And just everybody in Camos, just enjoy the the safe start that we're coming out of, and we're going to get out of this together. Awesome stuff. All right, Bill, we'll let you go now, but have a great rest of your uh, Wednesday here. Thank you. You as well. All right, there is Kamloops Councillor and the Deputy Mayor for the month of June, Bill Sarai, joining me on this June edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall, which, of course, is brought to you by the Vic Downtown, roasted here, always fresh. And with that... I got to pick a couple of winners for a $10 gift card here. So if you just for anyone listening, if you don't know, there's a question submission box at the front door of the Vic downtown at the corner of 4th and Victoria. You can write your name, write your number, write your question. I'll get it asked and you can win a $10 gift card to the Vic downtown. So without any further ado, let me pick a couple of names here. Just dig it into my hat. And the first winner here is Margaret Barden. Congratulations to Margaret. You are a winner of a $10 gift card to the Vic. And the second one that I got coming out is Doris Finley. Doris and Margaret, you guys are the winners of a $10 gift card to the Vic downtown. And we'll make sure those gift cards are waiting for you at the Vic the next time you head there. Again, the Vic downtown. You can find it at the corner of 4th and Victoria. Thank you so much for joining me on this June edition of Radio NL's Community Town Hall. My thanks to Bill Sarai for joining me. My thanks to everyone who put a question in the submission box at the Vic and those texts that you guys sent me here as well. Always appreciate the audience participation. We can't do this without you.